and welcome to the SJW Spoiler Cast show. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Woo! It's it's that show where we talk about games that are clearly just SJW video games and have no value to them otherwise. Um, With feelings, weird. Indeed. Who likes feelings? Feelings and stories and the ability to jump, maybe. SJW. I'm Laura, Laura K. Buzz. I'm here this week yet again. I'm apparently back. Um, I'm once again here with Mari and Stacey from the Geek Remits channel. Say hello. 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 You you are the both of you, and we're here to talk about a game again this week. What are we talking about this week? Oxen Free. Yeah, we're, we're here to talk about more uh, more games about teenagers where one of them has blue hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And time traveling powers. Yes, currently two thirds of the games we've talked about on these spoiler casts have been teenagers, blue hair, time traveling powers. Yep. Yeah. That seems to be a bit of a thing we, we we enjoy. I think we all we can all say, yeah, that's alright, we should have more games like that. For some reason I was one hundred percent sure when we started the game I was like, Oh, we can romance any of these girls here. Like yeah. Oh, I know. I was disappointed when it started pushing people in directions. I was like, can can I just like can I just choose to be gay with everyone? I feel <laughs> like this the story isn't about me. What's going on? Why are they having independent relationships without me? Why are we experiencing someone's story and not my story? <laughs> that is not acceptable. So yeah, Oxenfree. Oxenfree is basically a the way I first heard it described to me was it's kind of like Life is Strange, but it's like a side-scrolling Life is Strange. It's like and... side-scrolling Life is Strange until dawn kind of thing. Yeah, you play as one like teenage girl in a group of teenagers who are going out. They've lied to their parents about where they're going. They're going to hang out on a beach together where there's no one around to get them in trouble. Basically, the plan is hang out, be teenagers, get drunk on the beach, and just not remember the evening. Party time! Excellent! Woo, woo, go parties! And then all hell breaks loose. Yep. It is not just fun party adventures, unfortunately. So yeah, where do we we want to start in talking about Oxenfree, then? (laughs) Well, Well, one of the things that I thought was pretty cool about Oxenfree is that there are times where characters have interactions and they'll t- affect each other's relationships and it'll have nothing to do with what you said, apparently. That's what Yeah. Do. Seemingly, people can have independent conversations that you are not the center of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just assumed I was the center of the universe because that's what video games taught me, but apparently not. Sometimes people have lives outside of me. But luckily, you can still manipulate the situation to what you desire, so... Yeah, you just got to talk to the people so that they'll independently do what you want them to do. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Like a gentle yeah, guiding like... hand leading them towards the outcome that you desire. Playing like a puppeteer God over with... ants. Indeed, you play puppeteer with all of your friends and family and just shepherd the world to your will. Oxen free. <laughs> um, yeah, the first thing that like jumped out to me about oxen free in, in terms of the sort of like dialogue options and... Uh, the ways that you talk with your friends. it It's not the most natural dialogue in the world, but it feels very natural to teenage dialogue in that if you don't chime in and say something, conversations will go on without you. Yeah, I also that like was, that it puts... Yeah, go ahead. that was like the top thing that I had written on my notes as I was like, 
dialogue system. I think I like that it puts pressures you into making a quick decision about what you're going to say, but people are still talking. And so you're like, ah, what? Because in other choice-based games, like even in The Walking Dead and stuff where there's a timer, people finish talking before you can make a choice, but you have yeah. to chime in while other people are talking. So sometimes you're like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And they're like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> yeah, and you have to sort of like jump in on the end of people's sentences. Like everyone seems to be fighting for position in the conversation. Yeah. And it's that a, really a- stood out quite well to me. It's like, this is, this is what it's like being a teenager. If you want to get anyone to hear <coughs> what you're saying, you're going to have to just shout over everyone else until they stop and listen. Yeah, and I felt like it was also realistic because just like a real conversation, you kind of have to like wait for your moment to interject. Like you have what you want to say, you're all ready to say it, but you're like waiting for the right moment in the conversation. And then sometimes you wait too long, the moment passes, and you never get to say it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, goodness. It is It is very good, like awkward teenage dialogue in the same way that like I feel like Life is Strange was going for and definitely like to a degree captured but this sort of gets it a bit more uh, on the nose this idea of just like this is a bunch of teenagers they will like change mood like that if you know it's like hey I'm gonna try and you know I'm trying to help no I hate you now I'm a hormonal teenager a lot of very quick back and forth sometimes I have to be honest, though. I think the words that people were saying in Life is Strange are pretty accurate to what teenagers in 2013 said. Yeah, they hella were social media. The very edge of slang for that time. You know how slang changes, like, within a second. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the teenagers were like, oh, I don't talk like that. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Because the characters in Oxenfree, it- the beats and the way they talk to each other is as if a teenager is talking. But the words they're saying, and the way that we- they express how they feel is more mm. like somebody in their 20s. Yeah. Like, for Life is Strange, when teenagers say, we don't talk like that, it's like, you might not say those exact words, but you sound that stupid to everyone who's older than you. And, <laughs> like, that is the thing that Oxenfree is kind of missing in its dialogue, is that you don't you, you don't look back and go, yeah, you're a bunch of stupid 17-year-olds or whatever. You mean it's not as yeah. cringy? It's, yeah, it's not as cringy in the dialogue, but it is, like, it's still kind of cringy in the way that people re- will react very suddenly to, like, you said a minor thing about how I might like someone, now I hate you forever. Yeah. Oh, also, if you cut if you cut a character off in the game, you just miss what they were going to say. Yeah, they won't come back to it. They're just like, no, okay, fine, you're talking over to me, I, I guess. Um, one thing that I really liked about the dialogue system and the way that that all interplayed, and this is a thing we will definitely come back to toward the end of the game when we're talking about the ending, you can't win social situations. No matter what you do, you're inevitably going to piss someone off. And there is... I really like the balancing act in this of... I know that whatever I say, I'm probably going to be siding with one person instead of another. And there's no right way to go through that conversation to please everyone. And I really like that. Yeah. I think in other games, you get kind of... You get stuck in a like you have a sarcastic answer an an angry confrontational answer an affirmative answer and you know whatever Mm. like the it follows like a very set pattern 
And so if you want to have a certain outcome, you just always choose certain dialogue options. And this game was a lot more loose and free-flowing, I felt like, because each of the characters reacted so differently to what you were going to say. You could never say one thing and really please everybody. Mm. Your dialogue choices were also sort of impacted by the fact that it's like, I might make this dialogue choice normally, but oh, that character's around. I should probably like not say that while they're here. And I felt like I had to be a lot more aware of who was around me and how what I was saying, not just how it would fit with the character, but how it would play into the people around me, I suppose. I thought it was interesting that there was an achievement for never saying anything the entire game. Yeah, and Whoa. I'm really curious. I do want to go through the game like that and see how it pans out. Where everyone's just like, what? Guessing what <laughs> you That's what say. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the whole game is just like, can can you get up front and like do something? Can you can you are you just shell shocked or something? You too know. shy. I don't know. I think it's just like everyone just keeps I, most of the conversations are within a group, and then I'm just wondering what it would be like with Jonas, and he's just it's like talking to you, and you're just silent. Aw, I am. I imagine the relationship with Jonas would probably just be like he'd probably start saying things along the lines of look you don't want me here, I don't want you here, and it would probably just end up in a bad one-sided conversation of, you know, you, you're going to blank me forever, are you? We're going to be step-siblings. Are you gonna, are you just going to blank me forever? I suppose you are. Yeah. Yeah, that I really, would really suck, though, for him. I really liked how they covered the relationship with Jonas. I thought that was interesting, especially as somebody who actually who has step-siblings. I don't know if you do, Lara. Um, I do, yeah. Yeah, but... I always find it interesting how you're you get kind of like a new sibling who you don't have the benefit of knowing all of your life and so now you mm. get to kind of like catch up with them and you know become their sibling pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. And I think they did a really good job between um the main character Alex who we've not like talked about her in isolation yet but Alex and Jonas's relationship as Hey, our parents married. Guess we better get to know each other pretty quickly because we're going to have to be around each other quite a lot. Yeah. They did a really good job of like balancing the awkwardness of that situation alongside the sort of the feelings of like support that sort of are there under the surface. Well, he also feels like he has to replace her dead older brother. I think he has a lot of pressure about that. Oh. Gosh, yes. He's he's terrified of A, what if I do, and B, what if I don't? Yeah. I think it's only natural for him to feel kind of like that role has been thrust upon him, even though he's telling her, you know, hey, like, I'm not out to replace anybody, but I'm kind of put into the role of your new brother. So it puts, like, a whole new pressure on the situation when there's a sibling that died as opposed to just two siblings that are being brought together. Yeah, it is very much like this situation of, hey, you are the replacement. Have fun living up to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we haven't really talked about Alex yet. Um, how would you describe Alex when you played the game? Um, I played it twice, but... Uh... I, we, uh, we tried to make her assertive but nice, but whatever. That yeah. didn't work out. Tried is the key word. 
Well, yeah, it could be tough with dialogue options sometimes mm-hmm. to read. I know that there were at least a couple times in the game where you read a dialogue option and you think like, oh yeah, that's something I would say. And then it comes out, you know, it's Just the with same. a different tone on it. <laughs> yeah, it's the same words, mm-hmm. but it's said sarcastically or it's said in a mean way. And the two of us were like, well, shit. Yeah, like the way I ended up playing Alex was as a character who's sort of trying to be nice but has a very low tolerance for being messed around and who the second that things get stressful starts to get sort of forceful and maybe even a little bit like defensive and angry in those situations. It's like, I want to be nice, but I'm stressed. So (coughs) shut up and go do stuff. Which was interesting. I I found Alex a really interesting character in that there was a lot of sort of variation in how you could have her respond to the various terrifying situations going on around her. I feel like she wasn't very scared of the terrifying situations. There were a lot of times where she wasn't terrified enough, yes, where it's like, (laughs) oh, I am opening a portal to hell, I suppose. Whatever. (laughs) I mean, I like the the game allows you to be pretty confrontational with Clarissa right off the bat because that was something that definitely made me, you know, when Clarissa starts like sniping at everybody. And Mm. so, you know, usually I wouldn't play that confrontationally in a game. I would try to play Peacemaker, but I was just really pissed. And so we were like, nope, going to call her out on it. Yeah. I I understand. Sorry. Sorry, go on. I understand, like, I understand where she was coming from because, and I don't think it was okay for her, she, her to do what she did, but she's like, oh, I'm going to hang out on the beach with Ren. Oh, here's Alex. Oh, my God. Here's, like, a replacement for her brother who I was in love with and I had a future with and blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly she has to deal with being in a social situation while going through some sort of emotional breakdown inside. But it still yeah. wasn't cool what she said or and what she did. I think a lot of the tension as well came from the fact that because it was um, her ex's younger sister, that there is this suddenly like, oh, am I now in the babysitting role? I was going to come get drunk on the beach and now, oh, it's my dead ex's younger sister. Suppose I should make sure she's okay. Great night I'm gonna have now. And she also like and... resents her and stuff. It's like, shit. yeah. I think it's yeah. It's easier to see that in retrospect, but before you before you get to see the relationship between Clarissa, Alex, and Michael, which is like closer to the end of the game, it's hard to have uh, sympathy for Clarissa at the beginning. Whereas when, once mm. you get to the end of the game and you've seen the relationship kind of transition. I think then you kind of develop sympathy for, oh man, like that's a really shitty spot to be in. Yeah, at the beginning she really does just come across as oh, why are you here? Get away! I'm like shush, I'm trying to have fun. Even Stop with, being mean to me. Even with like her being like a horrible, horrible person, even if she didn't have any of those reasons, I'm surprised at the amount of people who are willing to let her be left behind yeah like that that does surprise me it's like okay fine she's been a bit nasty while you've been on the island with her but you you're here you know who she is and like the everything's coming to an end you should probably you know not 
let her die. That would probably be for it, the best. It's if you not can stop only her. dying; it's sending well, her into a loop of eternal torment with a bunch of assholes. Yeah, like, it is. It's you're not being killed; you're being sent to the Yu-Gi-Oh Shadow Realm to be trapped forever. <laughs> like that's that's not going to be fun. Like that's a, like that's like such an overreaction to someone being kind of mean to you. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's it, part of being in a game. I think is that people get to. Like, if somebody is nasty to them, they get to actually go through with the things that they would never be able to do in real life. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, I've always wanted to leave my enemies in an eternal looping <laughs> hell yeah. forever. Like imagine, yeah. you, uh, imagine if somebody has, like, you know, a, a, like, if they're a teenager and they have, like, an older sibling that just torments them all the time or a bully or something, and then here comes this character that's, like, being nasty to them, they're not going to have any sympathy. <laughs> they're not going to well, think while like... I, while I get that in theory, there is the bit of me that's like, she said some nasty comments to you. Doesn't necessarily mean that she should spend all of eternity in like the <laughs> nowhere realm of torture. <laughs> where, the, where it's just an existential nightmare where she faces the nothingness over and over and over yeah. again. It's like, maybe instead, save her and then be like, I saved you, now I get to be horrible and nasty with my words to you as revenge. It's interesting that, that they give you the choice, though, because it's the easier way out in yeah. the moment. It looks like it's the easier way out. I never yeah. did it, so I don't know what it looks like. Uh, what, I, what I will say is I didn't pick it the first time around. I did later take that option because I was like... You know why I'm not taking this? Because never accept the deal. Because like the they'll be like, oh yeah, you okay? Thank you for giving us Clarissa's body. We're still gonna take the rest of you. Thanks for not putting up a fight though. Yeah. Yeah. There was no reason why they wouldn't. Exactly. It's like, oh, you gave us Clarissa. Just don't worry. You can stay here till beyond the sun, the sunrise now, and you'll be fine. We won't take your bodies when sunrise comes. You know, trust us. It'll be fine. That's totally worth trusting them on. <laughs> so, uh, how do you guys like the art style in the game? I simultaneously, I I simultaneously liked it and didn't like it at the same time. There mm. are times where I really liked looking at the landscaping, and I understood that the point of the extremely zoomed out view was so that we could look at everything and enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm like, where the fuck? Like, there's like little ants, like. <laughs> Where are they? There, there were moments where that big zoomed out camera style as well, like, made certain bits of the narrative feel odd. Like, the first time you go into the cave and it's this big zoomed out shot of the cave, it's like, there is no way in the few seconds it took me to chase in after him that um, Jonas has already climbed up those three sets of rocks and jumped across those two things and is that far in the cave. He's a like, magic. you're showing me too much of the cave. Didn't, uh, he didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's an ex expert spelunker. Like I and I enjoy the grandness of scale. It's just mm. that sometimes, I and I wouldn't match if like it just suddenly zoomed in on people to see yeah. their faces and stuff. But I, it's still at the same time I felt like I was missing something. I I liked the art direction more than I liked the quality of the art. <laughs> like I feel like the the overall themes are like the stuff they were going for and the big zoomed out shots they had and the the level of the world design were all really strong. But if you look at any of those things in isolation too closely, it's like okay, you can see where the edges on this are. Yeah, a little bit. Um, what about you? What did you think of the art style? I mean, 
you know, I kind of liked the zoomed out focus because I like being able to look at everything while I'm going through. Mm. Um, and, and on the one hand, it did feel kind of weird to have conversations with people who looked like ants. Um, <laughs> I can understand why they wanted to focus more on the environments and less on the characters themselves. I felt like, especially when, because we, after we got pretty much to the end of the game, we actually took a turn and like ran around the entire map looking for the rest of the cairns to see if yeah. we could find more of like the little radio secrets. To try and get you your uh, best ending possible. Yes. And <laughs> even then. Uh, even then. <laughs> wah, wah. But I feel like the zoomed out focus made it kind of easier to just kind of like blast through each area and see really quickly where everything was. Um, it yeah. also had a way of making the island feel smaller, whereas I think if the focus had been zoomed in, it would have felt much bigger than it was. Yeah, that is a good point, definitely. Um, so we've, we've talked a little bit about the characters themselves. Should we talk a bit more like about the actual plot now of what happens once, you know, we're getting drunk on the beach, everything's fine. Turns out this island, weird stuff happens with your radio. Um, there's a glowing light in a cave. It's a smart idea to go inside it and unlock some kind of weird portal. I really liked the subplot that they put in with the Morse code messages because I had to like really focus on that. And then writing mm. it out letter by letter, I was like getting goosebumps because it was so creepy. <laughs> yeah, like, what putting it together because like you're only getting like one snippet at a time i'm like what does that mean blah blah, blah, blah. and then like suddenly when i was on the third one i was like oh so yeah what does it say when you put them all together um it says um losing but lugan which is a misspelling and then another one says love and and then one says getting cold it's dark here um i'm scared love Anna and then another uh, one says be sure you have the right time and another one says let us pray that this be something that saves the world which is in front of the cave which is what she's saying that she's hoping that her sacrifice uh, stops them and so she's trying to send messages <laughs> oh, oh she's saying yeah she's sending it to Margaret to tell Margaret that she's still alive but it sucks yeah. And then that's that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me just say like, that playing games with Mari is amazing because she has like the obsessive tendency to go and find all of these secrets that are in the game. That like I listen to the Morse code and I'm like I don't know, it just sounds like beeps to me. And Matt, M Mari was like, no, there's a secret in there, and I'm gonna find it. <laughs> I sent her um, a message like Stacy. There's Morse code gays. <laughs> I knew it was in there. I was gonna find them. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 a game that's got a blue-haired female uh, teenage protagonist. It had to have gays in it somewhere. And like the yeah. letters, it's like Sergeant blah 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 was giving us shit for being women. Blah. And I was like, all right, I, I see, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So basically, these teenagers open a big portal to hell in the cave, and you start getting messages through it that are basically like, is it possible for us to leave? And I did the same as I think you both did, which was like, sure, I guess, probably. <laughs> Turns out it isn't hell, though. 
Yeah, it's not hell, it's, uh... Interdimensional beings that were pushed yeah. out through an implosion of a nuclear thing. Because in the letters, it says that the nuclear blast pushed them to, or implosion, pushed them into the other dimension in radio yeah. waves... Uh, and radiate like all kinds of radiation can go across all mm. planes of existences. Basically, they're radiation ghosts. Yes. Trapped in radiation purgatory. And it's not a very fun place to be. And they're basically trying to keep this group of teenagers on the island all night so that they can take over their bodies and lure more people to the island to take over more bodies and life will be great. Yeah, I just like that they weren't evil people. They were just people who were driven insane by the endless of mm. time. They know? were terrified of seeing the end of eternity over and over and over and were like, we need some way out. And mm-hmm. yeah, I know that we're dooming you to the same thing that we just experienced, but I don't care. We need out. Yeah, they, I, it doesn't like at some point, no matter how good of a person you are, I think there's just a desperation to just get out because they can't even die yeah yeah they're just trapped it's just there. like it's the endlessness of like various forms of torture like there's things that uh, types of torture that exist in the world where it's like we are going to shut off all of your senses and make it feel like a day is a decade and drop water on your head until you feel like you're drowning i can only imagine if you had to experience those things for actual eternity Probably wouldn't be healthy. And witnessing the end of everything and then yeah. nothing. And as such, they're like, hey, we're going to try and trap these teenagers on the island. And everyone starts getting stuck in scary time loops, which I really liked the way this game handled its like little pockets of time loops. Yes. They were creepy as all hell. Oh, yeah. It was creepy when we were playing through it. And they had, you know, you know they were like... Very, very small jump scares. And I say small jump scares because I'm a very jumpy person and I like mainly made it through that okay. Uh, But yeah, definitely kind of kept you on edge a little bit when those were happening. One thing that really scared me is that when I was going back over footage, I could see other things that we didn't even notice was there. Oh, God. It was freaking me out. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, like the first times that I was going around in loops and it's like, oh, I can't get out of this loop. And then something was like, wait, that's, was there something changed? And you go back and it's like, nothing has changed or has it? I don't know what's wrong with me. I got really unsettled at points in this game, just being like, I swear I'm seeing things, but I can't work out what I've seen. Stupid game. Making me terrified. And they fed you small clues about what was happening, like every time the quote-unquote ghosts would talk to you, and you know when they give you that little quiz in the classroom and everything, you get little bits Mm. and pieces of the story, and especially when you get to read through the letters and everything, you kind of start to put together what's going on. Speaking of that, if you go to all the anomalies and put them in a certain order, you can call a phone number. And what happened was that that was supposed to spell out a certain thing. And then I was like, I don't, what, what is this supposed to spell out? Because I w- emailed the developers and they were like, yeah, there's like a secret message in there. And I was like, I think you put the wrong part of the song in the voicemail. You need to fix that. Oh, <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> because the main theme of this, of 
of Oxenfree actually has Morse code in it. And it's saying Maggie and like other words and other messages to Maggie in the song for Oxenfree. But they put the wrong bit on the answer phone message. See, you know their <laughs> secrets better than they do, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <sighs> it's pretty interesting. And also, there's some other stuff I couldn't figure out what the- it meant because I had no idea. But I don't know if you noticed this, Stacey, but w- during the possessions, there were numbered images that would flash on screen for like... Oh, God. A very short amount of time. And it was like some creepy demon face. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Three people standing and like a man in a room and then a yeah. black dot in a red place. It was really scary. And I was like, what does that mean? And they were all numbered like one, three, tw- 32. And I was like, what does this mean? Like one was a map with a dot on it. I was like, what? See, that's all the stuff Dude. that makes me glad that I'm not the one who edits those videos because <laughs> I I would just be too freaked out. Yeah, just, it, yeah. It, you wouldn't see them unless you edited the video. Yeah. That's the thing. I would not, like, I'd find one or two of those and be like, I don't want to know. I don't want to go down that terrifying <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. I don't want to go down the terrifying rabbit hole of, like, summoning the devil through maths. That's not what I want to do today. <laughs> sacred um, geometry. Yeah, sacred geometry. Yep. I looked up, after, I, I was watching through your LP before we did this, and yeah i looked up those podcasts you mentioned that's really unsettling stuff yeah i mean they're really good but yeah they're really unsettling yeah it's like this is great i'm gonna sleep with a light on probably <laughs> just think uh, of it this anyone... way like satan's a math nerd like some nerd it's just some nerd well it's not yeah. just used for satan but pretty much for satan yeah <laughs> satan's like the big use for like crazy maths um so yeah, we we completely skipped over a pair of characters. Oh, uh, hold on. While talking but about people, really quickly for oh. anyone who wants to listen to those podcasts, it's the Black Tapes podcasts. Yes, go listen to the Black Tapes podcast. Good but unsettling. Um, yes. So yeah, we completely skipped over a pair of characters earlier in this. Uh, we haven't talked at all about Ren and Nona. Yeah. Wait, did you know that you can get Nona to hook up with Jonas? No. Oh. Is- Oh, it's apparently yeah. very difficult to do, but very cute. Interesting. Poor Ren, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ren for me, Ren and, Ren and Nona ended up together, and that was kind of cute in its own way. I don't know. I was just like, Nona was like, I don't want to. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Won't it's, make you. I wasn't trying to push them to, but they seemingly of their own accord got together. I was like, oh, okay. Well, good for you two, I suppose. Um... Yeah, there are a bunch of, like, weird things you can do if you make choices that, like, I didn't realise were options the first time round. Uh, apparently you compare Jonas and Nona together. Did you know that Michael can survive? Yeah, I got that done the second time, and if you, uh, I, we're not supposed to talk about the ending yet, but yeah, there's a thing that happens. Yeah, you can alter the past and stop Michael from dying if you make certain choices. But there's, like, That's an interesting crazy. thing... In the in the in the thing that I will talk about later, <laughs> <laughs> we're sort of we're sort of dancing around it because it's like there are lots of individual scenes we can talk about like on the way there. Like you've got that like there's a lot of very interesting possession scenes that go on like when Clarissa is about to jump out the window and things. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! That Dude, you you walked closer to her, didn't you? I oh, did. It was 
Yeah. And then yeah. the second time I didn't, and she still jumped, so I was like, whatever. Yeah, I was convinced that that's why she jumped was because I'd moved closer. It's like, no, no, I, I, nothing I did could have stopped that, apparently. Well, it isn't just but, that, like, yeah. you always look for what, like, your part in it was because you're the protagonist of the game, so you feel like your choices are causing things to happen. Yeah. And so whenever something like that happens, you're like, oh my god, what did I do to cause it? Even if you really actually didn't have an impact on it. It was yeah. going to happen no matter and what. A lot of those scenes with the possession do play with that whole idea of you don't have a- any way of impacting what's happening right now. Like, was it Ren who gets killed over and over while possessed at one point? Yeah. 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 And, like... That was just like, yep, nothing you can do to stop it. He's going to die this way. Nope, he's going to die this way. Nope, he's going to die this way. I have a feeling, though, that that was showing you different versions of what could have happened in other, like, timelines, I guess. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the whole thing with those sort of radiation ghosts is they've seen this play out every way it can play out because they're stuck looping through time. And it's like, well... Let's just show you all the various ways that he could have died, and we're going to imply that that was because of us, and you'll assume it was because we're radiation ghosts. Yeah, it's like a so, little time preview. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll show you this preview so that you'll be scared of us and you won't try and come into our cave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, is there anything else we want to talk about before we start heading towards, like, I feel like a lot of our discussion is going to end up being about, like, the bits we're not talking about yet with the ending. <laughs> oh, um, I had a couple we, things on yeah. my list. Uh, Go so ahead, then. One, there was the ability to interact with another player's story, which <gasps> was completely unexpected for me, because even though when you're playing through it, you see the other person's tag, like, you don't know mm. what it is, and so yeah. this yeah, person Yeah, I was surprised is, by that, too. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, I'd, I had that on my list, and I hadn't touched it yet, because I wasn't sure if that was, like, ending stuff, but yeah, oh, the whoops. fact that... <laughs> oh, no, no, that's fine. I, I was like, I don't want to jump to it too early. Um, yeah, I really like the fact that you're getting those messages that, at the time, I thought they were gibberish. Didn't pay attention to them. Yep. I wish the first time round through this game I had paid attention and heeded the warnings of those mirrors because they're from people who'd played the game and kind of knew what to do. Yeah. And I was like, nope, I'm the protagonist. I don't care what you say, spooky mirror. Um, um, well, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I know I was about to talk about the ending and how it was relevant to something, but this is so difficult. (laughs) That's fine. Let's not keep ourselves away from the ending. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, okay. So if you choose to sit there and listen to the ghosts and then like be like, I know what your name is, blah, blah, blah. It'll take you to this cabin and it says, take notice of what you choose to and then it cuts off. And it's, like, been bugging me so much because I'm like, just what? Just what? Why? What I choose? What are you talking about, you know? Mm. It just bothers mm-hmm. me because it's especially with the ending, ending, ending. And I'm like, fuck. What's that mean? My, under, my best guess at that is it's take notice of what you choose to say to the next person. It's like... The, the, the choices you're going to have, like, at the end of the game to, like, say something to someone else playing the game... You'll know what those answers mean, but you need to take care to be like, I know that this answer wouldn't have made sense to me at the time. Which of these answers is most likely to make sense to someone who hasn't finished the game yet? And, like, maybe that's what it is. It's, you know, take care of what you choose to say 
to the next person, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. That is just first thing that's come to my mind on that. But yeah, I do like the whole thing with that where it is just, you have to try and pick a, a thing to say to someone in another game that might make sense to them, even though they're not far enough to really understand what you're telling them. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Should we just talk about the ending? Because we keep stopping. And <laughs> yeah, we're just what? like, uh, yeah, uh, let's just uh, uh, let's uh, just go uh, for it. Let's go for it. So wait, should we uh, talk about books? Oh yeah, let's talk about books before we talk about the ending. Ah, uh, okay. you all have to sit here and listen to us talk about books. Oh, we're nerds. Okay. Uh. So really quickly, we had just uh, so something that Mari and I have been doing on our podcast is we have a little book club section where we talk about books that we've been reading lately um, because. We have a sponsorship with Audible, which the two of us have used for quite some time. We use it to listen to audiobooks. Um, and so if you visit audibletrial.com slash geekremix, you can get a free 30-day trial, which includes a free credit for a book. Um, so if you guys want to recommend some books that you've been listening to lately. I have been listening to a book because Audible is really cool and you should totally go sign up. Um... I have been listening to Good Girls Don't Die by Isabel Gray. What is that? Ooh. Yeah. It is a, it is a, it's one of those mystery novels where people are dying and it's like, ooh, what's going on? How, who's done, who done it? One of those kind of stories. So basically, um, it's about a woman called Grace Fisher who has gone through some heavy stuff and uh, she was acu- like falsely accused of uh, setting up a fellow officer and She's gone and moved to a little, a little quiet police station somewhere else to get away from it all. And suddenly a bunch of women are being killed off and she's like, oh, I probably need to deal with this. And it's <laughs> oh, a really, no. it is a really suspenseful, kind of terrifying, but really gripping and very well written and performed audiobook of murder mystery. So if you like tense mysteries about murders... Good Girls Don't Die is really good. I'm going to have to check that out. I like, I dig the mystery stuff. Yeah. This is the first time I've listened to something. Like, I like that genre. I've not listened to Isabel Gray before. And I'm like, I like this. This is good. Yeah. I will continue to listen to this. So a book that I've recommended before on our podcast, but I really cannot recommend it highly enough, is The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, Mm. If you've seen the movie, I've... I have not seen the movie, but I hear the book is much better from people that have, you know, consumed both. Uh, It's basically about this guy who gets abandoned on Mars and has to figure out a way to survive without any help. So an interesting story about this book was that Andy Weir, the author, was turned down by literary agents for his previous books. And so when he wrote The Martian, he was like, screw it. I'm not going to go through a literary agent. I'm going to just post it chapter by chapter on a forum somewhere so that people can (laughs) just read it and enjoy it. And then eventually people were like, hey, it would be really great to be able to consume this like all in one place. And so he was like, all right, fine. I'll put it on the Kindle store and I'll sell it for 99 cents because that's like the minimum price. He wanted to make it free. And then it just like completely took off. And he ended up selling the rights for it. The performance of this book, the narrator was a finalist for an Audie Award from Audible, and the book itself won in the category for science fiction. So it's really amazing. 
What's really amazing yeah. is that he just looks stuff up on the internet on how to do just different stuff. He doesn't well, have he's like a physicist. He's a physicist, and he had help. So, well, can you just let me have the more magical version where he just well, looks no, stuff up but on the internet? What happened was when he when he put like it on the forums and stuff, people would like correct him and say like, "Oh, hey, like that's not actually how that would work. Like I'm a chemist. This is what would happen." What kind and of so, nerd forum was this? Right? Just exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of forum has like physicists and chemists and shit like, "No, yeah. no, no. It's like this." And you're like, "Who what is this forum?" <laughs> yeah. So, pretty cool. What about you, Mari? Uh, I looked it up, and all of the Harry Potter books are on Audible, and it's the same narrator that did it when I was a kid, that on days I, where I was sick, I would just listen to um, Harry Potter. I used to listen to the Chamber of Secrets and uh, the Goblet of Fire audiobooks when falling asleep. Oh, yeah. I had them all on cassette tape, and I just listened through them over and over and over again. There's some good audiobooks. Yeah, it's good. It has all se- all uh, seven of them by the good narrator, not the, like the weird one that like came later. And then everyone's like, "What is that? Get rid what of is this?" <laughs> yeah, they they brought back the older guy, so it's good. Like if you ever want to just like go into your safe place of Harry Potter, like oh totally. God. So disappointed when I was 11. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, Fuck. if you're interested in checking any of those out for free, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geekremix and get a free book. So, Hooray. Now Hooray. that that's out of the way, should we talk about the ending of Oxenfree? Yes. Absolutely. Now that we've all been shills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the SJW cast. Hooray. Yay. We're here to talk about video games that were all SJW-like. Wait, guys, haven't we done this before? No, what are you talking no? about? What are you I talking feel about? like I feel like we've done this before. Like we already started the podcast, and now we're starting it again. I don't, Stacey. I, it's eleven thirty. It, it's too early for that. We're here with Mari and Stacey. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ending of Oxentree is really bittersweet. Because, like, the ending I had going through it the first time was, hey, I'm going to climb inside this portal, close it from the inside, and yeah, sure, my friends will get out fine, but I'm going to get stuck in an eternal loop of hellish nothing. See, I really liked the ending. I actually really liked that. (laughs) The kind of thing that really sucks, though, is that you had already done it before the game even started. Yeah. It had already happened millions of loops before. Exactly, but like, I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of of a game committing its narrative to, this is where the narrative's going to end. Like, we're going to build the narrative around that end point. And it's like, yeah, you've got choices, but they're choices within these loops that are going to go on forever, because this is what you did. You know what I would like? I'm not saying that the the stories we've gotten from Time Traveler are bad. I'm totally fine with them. You know it'd be cool if they made a time travel game that was just Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, but like <laughs> if it was like Life is Strange but Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. That would be yeah. incredible. Yeah. Max Some light hearted time travel with very minimal consequences. Yeah, no, because the end goal is a positive thing instead of the end goal being a negative thing that you're trying to avoid. Yeah. So that would be so yeah. cool. 
because it would. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it would be so cool because it would be. <laughs> I would, if you can't tell, I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure last night. <laughs> and I was like sitting there like man this would be like an amazing game like if Max and Chloe were Bill and Ted and instead of trying to avoid dying they had like a destiny they needed to fulfill that'd be amazing and like the the time choices could be like reminding yourself about the trash can and stuff you know how they did that yeah. where they would leave notes for themselves in, from the future I'm sorry like, anyway no, now, that, now that you've mentioned that all I'm thinking like I'm thinking of Bill and Ted Plus, life is strange. I'm just like, you know how we're getting like the female Ghostbusters reboot? Can we get that for Bill and Ted? You know, they had a. I would totally watch that. I mean, it's not quite the same thing, but they did have a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure video game. Ooh, was it any good? For the original Nintendo. Oh my god! Yeah, that one. Oh, it's not good, that one. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, 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 no. But but yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, what I liked is that the loop you have for playing in the game is one continuous save for all of them. Yes. Like, no matter how many mm. times you replay the game, it's one save. So it counts as one game, even if yes. you start a new one. Indeed, and I do really like that. Um, I, I like that even within that loop, um, Alex is still sort of making changes each time and trying to improve things and trying to have some better outcome for herself. I think that there were some differences in what happens because I think on the second playthrough, the flashes for possession were flashing, flashing things on screen were a bit longer and there were some other figures in the in the screen. And also, when you get to the ghosts in the bottom right corner, there's just, like, people popping up randomly. Mm. But there was more. I do wonder if there is something that can be unlocked by playing this through many, many times. (laughs) Potentially. Yeah, it seems like the kind of game where they'd be like, congrats, you played this game 50 times. Now you've unlocked the perfect ending. Challenge, everyone. Yeah, (laughs) you played it through 150 times in a row without stopping, uh, you got out the time loop, it's all okay, but all your friends died, but you're out, <laughs> hooray! Um, but yeah, I do like how it's very bittersweet, and that seemingly no matter what choices you make, um, not everyone will leave that island happy. Um, there are some very weird, big divergences you can take, like we kind of alluded to it earlier, but Michael can survive! Because whenever you're having the flashbacks to when Michael's still alive, you can basically convince him not to ever go to the island, and as such, he doesn't die, and Jonas yeah. isn't your stepbrother. But it wasn't even, like, the best thing to do for him. You know? Like, no. It, I yeah. mean, you know what I mean. You don't say yeah. things to him that would be best for him in his life. You, yeah, you aren't doing what's going to be best for his life. You're doing what's going to be best for you and your desire to change things. Yeah. For him well, to stay alive. Well, I mean, alive, technically he'd be, like, alive, but it's... Yeah. If, if you didn't think he was gonna die, you wouldn't say, oh, you should stay here in town and not follow your dreams and try to grow as a person. Yeah, and it's like, yes, you still have a brother who's alive, but you'd probably end up having a worse relationship with him for it. Which is, like, well... I don't know how to feel about that. But then it doesn't really matter because, I mean, I guess it does matter, but it doesn't matter. 
because it just loops all over again. Yeah, it it is one of those like we said similar things about like Firewatch, but it ends very much on like a a bit of a flat note where it is like you yes you got this far, but now it's all gonna go over again, and you know none of what you did mattered, and that sort of like continuing to strive to get a good ending even though ultimately it's going to be erased. I really like that as a cycle for an ending for a narrative. Yeah. There well, was something about it that just, well, and there was mm. something about it that also just felt like, you know, you've you've sacrificed yourself for the greater good, I guess, so that everybody mm. else can survive. And that's something that always kind of it's hard to stick to that in a game because not a lot of people are going to be satisfied with that ending. Yeah. Um, little stuff that happens sort of in the run up to that ending. What did you both do when Jonas is convinced he can hear his mother in the radio? Uh, we let him talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's like, no, no, don't listen to the voices in the radio. Oh no, no. Now he's gone. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. I was convinced that, like, he wouldn't be a part of my ending because of that. I was just like, oh, no. Well, he actually oh, does no. go see his mother because if you pause it at just the right time, it's, like, for one frame, it's, like, you in a park, like, a beautiful park. It looks like heaven to me. But, like, uh, and it's, like, nowhere that you've seen on the island. So I don't know what that is about. Hey, look at you looking at video frames and editing. Eww, you like know more than frame. we do. One frame. Found it! It's like Fight Club <laughs> over here. Mari's pausing <laughs> frame by frame and intersplicing things. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to turn out that like someone in your life doesn't actually exist and you find it out by pausing the frames. <laughs> Show me a picture of me in there. What? What is this? <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's it for things I had on my, uh, like, um, most, most of the stuff that was on my topic list. Have either of you got more things you want to bring up about Oxenfree? No, uh, we talked about the lesbians. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really liked the soundtrack of the game. I thought it was a great mix of, like, creepy, eerie, but also beautiful in a way. I really uh, like yeah. that they used a Mor- Morse code message as the song beat. Yes, that is a really good choice. You wouldn't even know it's there until you really think about it. Because I was like listening to the soundtrack, Mm -hmm. la 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 la, and they're just like, oh, there's more code in the song. And I was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? Mari gets out her paper and pencil like, I'm going to find the secrets. (laughs) It's it's not explicitly plot stuff, but I did, I just had a thought that I do kind of want to talk a little bit about. I do really like the, the way it captures that sort of, spirit of teenage rebellion the idea of like yeah I'm gonna you know hop the fence and go hang out in this place where like my parents don't know where I am and we said we were going here instead and the sort of like it does a very good job of capturing that moment that can happen when you're a teenager of just like I need to figure out who I am by going somewhere that no one knows where I am and getting absolutely drunk on a beach yeah, I'm like, yeah, we don't see that often enough, and it definitely made me reminiscent of dr- sitting on beaches by a fire, drinking large things of like snake bite, and being like, <laughs> yeah, we're getting drunk. Woo! I've never heard of that, but it sounds nasty. Uh, it is vodka and cider. 
Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Because that's how you get drunk on the cheap, is cheap vodka mixed in with cheap cider, and you get very drunk very quickly. (laughs) That's incredible. Oh, my stomach's turning right now. (laughs) I know. It's not a thing I can ever drink again now. It is not fun, but when I was underage and drinking on beaches with my friends, that's what we did. Yeah, but you like to (laughs) experiment with a lot of things, I've noticed. Every week you have, like, a new liquid oh (laughs) usually they're not as unpleasant as that (laughs) no i i'm now i'm now very classy with my alcohols it's like oh yes i'll have a i'll have this like purple bottle of shimmering magical stuff that looks like there's a galaxy swirling in it stuff like that i'll buy a boyfriend i'll buy a boyfriend i buy beer for my boyfriend based off the label like i'm like whoa there's a lady viking on that i'll get that for him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so yeah there we go hooray we talked about oxen free yeah we, we had this a was a good thought- one thoughts i think yeah i i really like oxen free go check it out go go play oxen free yeah, oxen free is really cool it's definitely yes, just- a really underappreciated game i really yeah. wish more people would play it i really wish more big channels would play it so that people would realize that it's awesome yeah, well, like, a few of the big ones in the last week or so have started playing it out of nowhere. Like, a couple of the Yogscast channels have suddenly started playing it. I'm like, oh, this is good. More of you need to pay attention to this, because Oxenfree is pretty great. And don't let the fact that everything is a pointless time loop dissuade you. Don't let the fact that we just told you everything in a spoiler cast dissuade you. <laughs> Sorry, guys, uh, if I was a little out of it. My boyfriend got me sick and the symptoms started hitting me 10 minutes into the podcast. That is oh, entirely excellent. that is entirely fine. We got through it and if you if you're not happy with how you did, we're stuck in a time loop so you'll have another chance to record it in a minute. <laughs> um, Perfect. Hello and welcome to the SJW cast. Hooray! Yay! We're here to talk about video games that are all SJW like. Wait, guys, haven't we done this before? No, what are you talking no? about? I feel about? like I feel like we've done this before. Like we already started the podcast and now we're starting it again. I don't Stacy, I it's eleven thirty. It, it's too early for that. We're here with Mari and Stacy. What? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this spoiler cast. I hope you've had a good time. I know we've had a good time, so thank you very much. We'll probably do another one of these sometime. Yeah, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon, etc. Mari and Stacy, where can people find you? I don't... I'm... I'm starting to get really sick, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'm Geek Remix at... On Twitter? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not feeling so good right now. <laughs> All right. Mari is at Geek Remix on Twitter and Tumblr. The two of us are the Geek Remix channel on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Geek Remix a lot. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you've had a good time. Bye. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>